So big news in the Vatican, big news from the Vatican. And with news from the Vatican this week, there seems to be three reactions among American Catholics. The left is rejoicing. The middle is saying the Vatican didn't mean what he said. Obviously, the most dishonest of the three that nobody promotes except those paid by the church and a few others. And the right is now threatening to leave the church. But I don't want to talk about civil unions today. In fact, I have a very encouraging message after we get to the bad news of Fatima. But what you're going to find is that the bad news of Fatima is actually the good news of Fatima. And that's going to make sense in about 15 minutes. Um, so I want to talk today about Fatima, today's feast, which is Raphael, and then tomorrow's big feast, at least in the old calendar, is Christ the King. Now, let's step back and look at religion 2,000 years ago. I want you to ask yourself this question on religion 2,000 years ago. Do you think that St. John was ever told by his friends, remember, all were Jewish, they were all Jewish at the time, do you ever think he was mocked by his friends even before Jesus died and rose, saying that he, John, was going against the Jewish hierarchy in following a rabbi named Jesus. Of course he was, but he had to put the truth about politics. Jesus is the truth. Now, I realize there's a few of you out there who think, well, this is dangerous territory. I know where Father David is going, but Luther used a similar argument to leave the hierarchy. Okay, I'm not going to take you down that road. Uh, but for the current church crisis, you have to realize there's a few things very different about the current reformers. We're going to talk about people like Archbishop Vigano and Martin Luther. Uh, the first thing is that people like Archbishop Vigano are quoting the magisterium. Luther didn't do this. People like Archbishop Vigano are quoting the magisterium. They're quoting the popes. They're quoting the desert fathers. They're quoting the church fathers. They're quoting Thomas Aquinas. They're quoting all the, all the saints. And they're applying that to today. Luther didn't do that. He went on his own with his own personal explanation of scripture. And the second thing is this. Uh, the people who are really blowing some whistles in the church today on all the things going on, they fully recognize this line from Matthew chapter 23, verse 2 to 3. Quote, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. So do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do. For they preach, but do not practice. Now, I would say it's actually worse now because we have to not just avoid their deeds, but even their teachings. And number three, here's why people like Vigano are very different from Luther. They're staying in the church, even though they're trying to get us out. As Vigano recently pointed out on these news of civil unions, quote, and he wrote this at 1 Peter 5. It's an amazing quote. Quote, one does not have to be a theologian or a moral expert to know that such statements are totally heterodox and constitute a very serious cause of scandal for the faithful, but pay careful attention. These words simply constitute the umpteenth provocation by which the ultra-progressive part of the hierarchy wants to artfully provoke a schism, as it has already tried to do with the post-synodal exhortation Amoris Laetitia, the modification of doctrine on the death penalty, the Pan-Amazon Synod, and the filthy Pacamama, and the Abu Dhabi Declaration, which has now been reaffirmed and aggravated by the encyclical Fratelli Tutti. Did you hear that? Provoke a schism. Sorry, we're not leaving. Uh, we're staying in the church. You know, look at someone like Taylor Marshall. People say he's in schism. You know, you people who say that, you should fear for your soul. Not because Taylor Marshall's so important, but because you can't be schismatic for holding to the articulated faith and morals of the Catholic Church. You can't be schismatic for holding to the articulated faith and morals of the Catholic Church, especially someone like 
Archbishop Vigano or Dr. Taylor Marshall, who's just applying those same principles to a certain time in church history, namely now. Now remember, go back 2,000 years ago, St. John, John was probably told by his other Jewish friends, even before Jesus died and rose, that John was standing against the Jewish hierarchy for following the rabbi named Jesus, but he had to put the truth before politics. He had to put the truth first. And of course, Jesus fulfilled all the Old Testament prophecies just as the church is now fulfilling the threats of Fatima, Our Lady's threats of what would come in the church if we disobeyed. But that is a promise to us, and we'll see why that's good news in just a minute. If any of you follow me, you've probably seen me promoting this movie on YouTube called The Secret Still Silenced. And it goes through the entire history of Fatima and how most likely the third secret of Fatima was not revealed by the Vatican. If you think this is conspiracy theories, you can just go watch the movie and you'll see mountains and mountains of evidence by civil attorneys here, by an academy at the Naval or a professor at the Naval Academy. It just goes through the evidence here. And now that movie and the book was written in 2009. So that's before all the madness of the past 10 years. All the stuff we've been seeing, all the new abuse scandals, all the doctrinal scandals. The Secret Still Silenced came out in 2009, so I'd really encourage you to find that on YouTube. I probably watched it five times, and my mind keeps coming back to it, and it's kind of like drinking from a fire hose. So I want to give you what I believe to be the three most important points of the third Secret of Fatima, part 3B, the part that was most likely hidden. Again, there's a ton of information in that movie about what the third Secret of Fatima must have been. But the three that keep coming back to mind is this. One, Portugal. We do know Sister Lucia Fatima wrote that the dogma of the faith would be conserved in Portugal, etc. We don't know what etc. means, but most likely it means the faith would be lost elsewhere because that's a compare and contrast sentence right there. So the faith would be conserved in Portugal. Pretty scary because that implies the opposite for the rest of the world. Secondly, Pope John XXIII, when he read that, said, this was in the 1950s, he says, this doesn't concern my papacy. Okay, who said anything about papacy? <laughs> All right. And then number three, Cardinal Ratzinger, we, he read this before he was Pope Benedict XVI, said, the third secret concerns dangers to the faith. Okay, so that's more than just a pope being shot. Remember, Sister Lucy could write down Entire nations would be annihilated, but her it took her months in fear and trembling to write down something more horrible than that that was the other part of the third secret. It must have been something so scandalous and so global that it would have seemed like this couldn't have come from heaven, but it did, and we're seeing this lived out right now. Um, so combine all of these things, and we have the fact that it's global. It has something to do with the papacy and it has something to do with dangers to the faith. So the Immaculate Virgin Mary at least warned Lucy that this diabolical disorientation would hit the hierarchy pretty early on in the 20th century, or at least in the middle of it. In other words, we're not talking 2013. We're talking decades before 2013. Sometime in the 1950s, it seems, if we put everything together, Our Lady of Fatima told Lucy that the third secret must be revealed by 1960 or Sister Lucy's death, whatever came first, and Pope John XXIII did not do it. That's not my judgment of a pope. That's just a historical fact. Even New York Times reported on that. 
that Pope John XXIII did not release the third secret in 1960 or before 1960 as heaven had commanded. Um, Sister Lucy nearly prophetically warned the church in 1957 in a letter that almost nobody knows about what would come in the church. And this comes from a servant of God. Remember, this isn't just uh, wacky stuff. This is a woman on her way to canonization. I'm going to read you this letter, just actually one paragraph that she wrote to Father Fuentes in 1957, this one paragraph is extremely illuminating for the current church crisis that we're in. Quote, however, Father, people must be told that they cannot expect any longer a call to prayer and penance from the sovereign pontiff, nor from the bishops, nor from their parish priest, nor from superiors of religious orders. No, our Lord has already used these means, but the world ignored them. This is why it is now necessary for each one of us to begin on his own the spiritual reform of self, close quote. So essentially, heaven warned us that we must keep the Catholic faith without blaming our sins on the hierarchy. And notice, this took place in 1957. This wasn't 2013. People who were panicking about the civil unions and stuff need to realize this stuff took place in the 1950s when we received this warning that the third secret of Fatima would include something global, something about numerous popes, probably, and something that would be excluding Portugal, which I haven't put together because we've seen crazy things happen even in the chapel in Fatima. But I want everyone out there to hear this. I'm telling you to stay Catholic, and I'm telling you to obey your pastors and bishops in any areas of their competence, but you can never be called schismatic for holding to the articulated faith and morals of the Catholic Church as she has always taught. The last video I made, I linked Fatima to lockdown, at least I mentally linked Fatima to lockdown. And I talked about how in the city of Denver, you can't have more than five people in one house except immediate family. Now today, Colorado just joined in, the entire state of Colorado where I am, and said you can't have more than 10 people in one place. Um, I think I did a pretty good job in the last one of linking lockdown to totalitarianism, to the fact Russia wasn't consecrated, to the fact that Mary said the errors of Russia would spread if Russia wasn't consecrated. And so my encouragement to you today, I said this would actually include some good news. It's this, that you can hold to the faith despite the, despite the apostasy from the top down, and you can hold to the fact that the lockdowns have more to do with totalitarianism overreach than the virus. And you will get called a conspiracy theorist. But you know what? We're at the point in American history and Catholic Church history, the truth's not in the middle anymore. You're either going to believe the propaganda to the left or you're going to be called a conspiracy theorist. You're either going to be, believe the propaganda, everything's fine in the Vatican, and this is all about a virus all over the globe. And you can stay comfortable if you do that. Or you can believe the so-called conspiracy theorists like Taylor Marshall, Archbishop Vigano, if you love the truth more than comfort. Comfort in your job, comfort in the church, fine, stay there. But I prefer truth to comfort at this point. That's why I'm making this video. I'm reading a book right now called Live Not By Lies by Rob Dreher. Now, granted, he's a never-Trumper. He's an ex-Catholic. I know people have some problems with him, but this is the most important book I've read all year. It's a book about people who've come out of communist regimes, came to the United States, and it's their warnings about our current move towards totalitarianism, what he calls soft totalitarianism instead of hard totalitarianism in this country. If you have that book, take a look in chapter four right now. He talks about in this book how 
you can save your body and your reputation by just going along with the lies, with just whatever it takes to stay comfortable in the church, whatever it takes to not be called crazy or schismatic. You, you can do that, but you'll become discouraged in your own heart, in your own soul, if you don't seek the truth for its own sake, regardless of consequences. Tomorrow's the feast of Christ the King, and I still believe Christ is King. And you know why I think the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary is coming soon? Is because we're seeing so much evil bubble up. It must be because something good is coming down below. Is this the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary? I don't know, but I'm not worried about the news from the past week. This is fulfilling everything we saw in Fatima, that there would be an apostasy from the top down. So I'm telling you again, stay Catholic. Keep obeying your pastors and their bishops in any areas of competence. But remember this, you can never be called schismatic for sticking to the articulated faith and morals of the Catholic Church as she has always taught. Which unfortunately means you can't blame your sins on the hierarchy. I'd like to do the same thing too. Our Lord said, for I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. But again, it's worse than just ignoring their example. Fatima was clear that teaching would be lacking from the top down. Again, this quote, however, Father, this is from Sister Lucy to Father Fuentes in 1957, quote, however, Father, people must be told that they cannot expect any call to prayer and penance from the sovereign pontiff, nor from the bishops, nor from the parish priests, nor from superiors of religious orders. No, our Lord has already used these means, but the world ignored them. This is why it is now necessary for each one of us to begin on his own to reform the spiritual reform of self, close quote. So don't shoot the messenger. I'm just telling you what a saint said, or someone who's almost a saint. She says, you now have to take care of the spiritual reform of yourself. And that's exactly the good news right there. You are free to stay a traditional Catholic no matter what anybody says. You are free to question this lockdown no matter what anybody says. One of the really cool things in this book in Live Not By Lies, he talked about a green grocer in Czechoslovakia who was supposed to put up on his storefront Workers of the workers of the world unite. And he said if just one green grocer in Czechoslovakia in the 1950s didn't do that, yes, he would be persecuted, but he would avoid the discouragement that would come in his heart for avoiding the truth and going with the crowd. And that's exactly, again, the good news right there. You are free to hold to the truth entirely. Stay Catholic. Viva Cristore. And last thing, if you like my YouTube channel and podcasts, you can find all these at Padre Peregrino. Just search Padre Peregrino on whatever app you use. Please subscribe and say an hour from our Father for me. All of this is always free. God bless you.